I've got a few minutes to share. Um, the contrast of fear and faith. How many of you have ever been frightened? You know, it actually, there's a verse that I, I think is so fascinating. Proverbs 3.25. Proverbs 3.25 of the many do not fear verses. There are like 300 verses. It says, do not be afraid of sudden fear, nor of the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. The writer of Proverbs is telling us, just like the writer of 2 Timothy, Paul the Apostle, that there is a thing called fear, but that God does not want us to go there. Everybody say, don't go there. God does not want us seized by worry, anxiety, fear. I know this because over and over again in the Bible, the Lord admonishes us to deal with fear and to also um, honor the subject of faith. Faith is basically the opposite of fear. Fear is dread. Faith has expectancy. Fear has uh, foreboding. Faith has anticipation of the positive. Fear has terror. Faith has trust. Fear is full of worry. Faith is full of wonder. Like bringing a kid into this world right now. You know, it could, you, you could look at it like, God, this is a wonder. This is a marvelous gift. It's going to be exciting to see what you're going to do with this person in this particular context. Coming through a global pandemic, looking at the economy, looking at the, the Fed raising the, 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 uh, the, the, the interest rates and all, the, all the, the gas prices, you know, and all that stuff. It took something for you to get to church, didn't it? And uh, we're looking at that, and we can look at it like, uh, chicken little, the sky is falling, develop a nervousness, uh, and be seized by that. Uh, or we can build our faith, realizing the world's tough, but yet our God is tougher. And when we get in him, we enter into his toughness, and he toughifies us. And I believe the Holy Spirit is strengthening you, and gonna, he's going to fortify you, you on your job, you and your relationships, you and what you're believing for. As Steve talked about our finances. We, we can, God cares about the details. I said, God cares about the details. People say the devil's in the details. Maybe, perhaps, but I'm telling you, God is amazing in the details. God is perfect in timing. I've always taken issue with the people that say God is the God of the last minute of the 11th hour and all that stuff. We think that because we usually have a breakthrough when we think it was the end of ourselves. Um, maybe yes, maybe no, but God is God of perfect timing. I'll, you'll never hear me say he's the God of the last minute because he, 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 a thousand years is as a day and a day is as a thousand years. And I just want to just assure you on a couple of things. You, you are made in God's image. You have been born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God if you've given your heart to the Lord. And since you have, how many of you have surrendered your life to Jesus and you say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Jesus follower, okay? Then let me tell you a few things about you. You have not been given a spirit of fear, but you have been given a spirit of faith. You've been given a mustard seed of faith. You've been given a measure of faith. You've been given the Bible, and in Romans, our treasured verse, 10, chapter 10, verse 17, that the so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. 
You know, I spent hours this week praying for you and sitting in that window bay, pacing in this darkened room, laps, walking over and over again, praying over the chairs. At the staff meeting, we had them all spread out and lay hands on the chairs as we often do. Woo, spooky. That's what I felt. And it's not just for token. It says in Acts chapter 19, the substance of the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit came in extraordinary measure that when Paul would be doing his work, he was a tent maker, so he'd be building tents and he'd have his aprons or work clothes. Uh, His disciples would take his work clothes because Paul was in such fellowship with God and he had such gifting in his life. The Holy Spirit was on him. It seemed that it transmitted into cloth. Now, I wouldn't embrace that unless it's in the Bible. But since it's in the Bible, I do embrace it. And these things, that's why it's in the Bible. I wouldn't lay hands on the kids and pray for the kids and pray the prayer of faith over them unless it was in the Bible. And it, it is in the Bible that, that there's power in spe- the spoken words. So I spoke over those kids. And I, I wasn't born yesterday. I've done this for a while now. And I've watched parents that were kids come up with a Polaroid picture. Remember Polaroid? And they, and they brought it to me, and I had dedicated them, and now I'm dedicating their kids. I'm going to stick around long enough to dedicate their kids because I'm in this thing for the long haul. And included, I am believing for great outcome, even of this meeting. I expect that as I preach about the contrast of the spirit of fear and the spirit of faith, and since God has not given us a spirit of fear, let's put that up on the screen. 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul encouraged Timothy, the young pastor, who must have dealt with anxiety and and worry, he said, listen, for God has not given us, and I like how he says it, not just you, Timothy. He wasn't just saying it in that moment for that particular individual. He expands and says, listen, generally speaking, for God has not given us, everybody say us, a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. That's good stuff right there. Say that with me. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Oh, I remember seeing the videos of Ebola in Africa. And I was in Texas at a meeting. And a man had, who had, been, had contracted Ebola was at the airport at the same time I was at the airport. And I remember how fear tried to seize me. It came up in the local news, and I did the math, and I thought... That guy landed, and it was in the airport the same time I was. And a, a, a certain wave of, of fear started to come on me. And I was in the, uh, the bus going to the car rental, and I was thinking, was, is, was he on this bus? And I was thinking of touch and contact it, it, because of the news and what I had been watching and seeing pictures of people with blood coming out of their eyes, Right? So then when COVID came, thankfully I didn't get Ebola. Nobody else in America did. And thankfully they've suppressed Ebola in Africa. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. But when COVID came, it made us feel like it was going to be the same thing. You know, is blood going to be shooting out of our eyes? You know, are millions of us going to fall down dead? And it, the devil tried to use that spirit of fear on the whole earth. See, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. See, I'm going macro and micro. I'm talking to you as an individual about your stuff. And I'm telling you more specifically, since we know the Holy Spirit is our teacher, 
I've been seeking God, reading the Bible, trying to hear from heaven for you. And I know that as God uses me in the gift, that really what's going to happen is the Holy Spirit, who in fact is your teacher. I'm your pastor and I'm a human, but he's the, the Holy Spirit of God and he's your teacher. He's going to quicken things and apply things in your micro personal world, your finances, your business, whatever you're dealing with in your relationships, your health, your thought processes. I'm believing God. And since God's not given you a spirit of fear, you don't have to receive it. And in fact, see, in, in Isaiah 41.10, Isaiah 41.10, during that period of time, he gets up and he says something so powerful. He says, do not be afraid. I'm sorry. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I'll strengthen you. I will also help you. I will also uphold you with my righteous right hand. Boy, you ought to take that verse, write it down on a blank page in your Bible or in your notebook, put it on a card, stick it on the, wind, on the mirror in your bathroom or on the refrigerator or somewhere where you see it, making coffee right by the coffee maker, and just use that. Do not fear, for the I am is with you. God is with us. Romans 8, it says that whom he foreknew, he also did predestine to conform to the image of his son, verse 29. Verse 30 kicks into gear, Romans chapter 8, verse 30. For those whom he foreknew, he also did predestine to conform to the image of his son, verse 30. Uh, go to, it says, and these whom he predestined, he also called. And those, these he called, whom he called, he also justified. And, the, and these whom he justified, he has glorified. This is God doing a great work in his people. Aren't you glad he's work? He's at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasures. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. He also justified, and these whom he justified, he has glorified. Now, verse 31, look at this. It gets real technical. Verse 31 of Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Come on, hallelujah. Let's believe God this thing's going to shift. What then shall we say to these things? Oh, you knew this verse. Up to then, uh, uh, oh, I know this one. <laughs> Say it with me. If God is for us, who is against us? Answer, the devil, the world, the flesh. I mean, it's, but yet, since God is for us, it's not a level playing field. It, it's it, poor devil. We have been so slanted into a dimension of authority, of restored victory, that in all these things, we're more than conquerors. Listen to the rest of this. If God's for us, who can be against us? Look, he, and then there's an appeal from Paul like an attorney. Hey, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. Hey, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Did you hear that? So these parents that are venturing out in faith, birthing kids in this context, COVID-19, Let's change everything from uh, you know, oil and gas to some other kind of a thing. Let's get in all this divisiveness. Let's, let's, re, let's re-stimulate uh, racist concepts. Let, let, let's get everything barking at everything else. Let's create polarity. Let's create a greater divide over all the opinions. Let's, let's see a bunch of division come on planet Earth. And yet, they're raising kids, and they're going to they're gonna be uh, supernaturally strengthened because God, who didn't spare his own son but freely gave him up for us all. 
He goes, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? See, the two negatives equal a positive. How will he not also? How will he not? So, or, or what it can say is, he will with him then freely give us all things. Paul said to the Corinthians, all things are yours. He said, we're complete in him, lacking in nothing. And since God's not given you a spirit of fear, these parents can raise their kids with confidence and they don't have to be paranoid and they could trust the Lord. We could go forward as a church and not be paranoid because Jesus is the head of the church. We build our house on the rock as individuals. The gates of hell cannot prevail against us. And the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath our feet. But Pastor Jeff, aren't these the end times? Yes, they are. And the reason I'm preaching about people like Caleb and Joshua in Numbers chapter 13, about the promised land, about the bad report and the good report, is because the bad report, get this, is what stimulates the spirit of fear. The bad report is what gets people in a place of anxiety, gets people seized, and prevents them from obtaining the prize. And you can see it in the Bible. On the other hand, the spirit of faith in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, let's put that on the screen. The spirit of faith. God has given us a spirit of faith. And it says, but having the same spirit of faith. Say this with me. I have the spirit of faith. Having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. Remember, Jesus said, what, if you speak to your mountain, Mark chapter 11, verse 23, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, doesn't doubt in his or her heart, but believes those things which he said will come to pass, they will have whatever they say, it'll be granted to them. Isn't that a treasured truth? And we've got to take it out of concept and we've got to put it in application right now because it's emphatic. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light. He created the heavens and the earth. I'm not a proponent, never have been, of the theory that came in the 1800s of evolution. I don't believe we just evolved out of just some sort of accident. I believe in, I don't even just believe in some vague creative design. I believe God created us in his image in the, in the beginning, our beginning. And there's a, still a lot of ministry um, of, of, of of mystery to unpack we, because we look through a glass darkly. Uh, the whole world is, is, is so warped that we are admonished as Jesus followers to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. In Ephesians 4, 17, it says, we're no longer to be as the Gentiles who walk in the futility of their minds. Uh, it's, we're told in Proverbs chapter 3 to lean not on our own understanding, verse 6, but in all our ways acknowledge him. And he'll direct our path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's where the spirit of faith comes from. We get in a place where, God, I am trusting you. Romans 8, 28. Let's read it. I I was in Romans. Let's go back to it. How did I get away from it? How did I go into 50,000 other verses? And we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That was before whom he foreknew he also did predestine. Then he says, he didn't spare his own son. He freely gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? So we trust God, don't we? We trust God for our kids. We trust God for the season that we're in. We trust God for the stuff we've been through. We, we, we're able to cast our cares on him 
because he cares for us. We cast our burden on the Lord, which is our responsibility, and he will sustain us. We bring it to God. It's like, God, this is too much for me. And God's not like, you little baby, I want you to get independent. I don't want you having to come to me with everything. No, he goes, no, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. If anyone lacks wisdom, it says in James 1.5, I'll give it to you, and I will not upbraid you or condemn you for it. These little babies I just prayed for, we think of the Pattersons, Wanda, and, and I mean, uh, Anita and Leon, and, and they've been at it. They've been serving God now for decades, and they're here with a vibrancy. They're, they're, they, they're undiminished. They're getting stronger and stronger. The abneys are getting stronger and stronger. And, and, and the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord will gain new strength. You may be brand new right now. So I just met a guy, it's the first time in our church. Let, let this be the day of shift, of a power shift, away from the, any spirit of fear, anything, any antagonism like that, and, and shift over into, I am going to fix my hope on the living God. I'm going to get tethered to his word and promise. I'm going to put my roots down deep on the solid rock, and when the winds blow and the waves crash and the rains come, uh, my house is going to stand because it's built on solid ground. Say this with me. God has not given me a spirit of fear. But since I have received a spirit of faith, I speak. See, we speak to our mountains. I just spoke over those kids. I'm speaking over us this as a congregation right now. I have the privilege and, and, and responsibility to speak God's word to you, what I get from the Holy Spirit. And it's for your equipping. It's for, it's, it's for your admonishment. It's to bring correction. Like right now, um, you know God's not given you a spirit of fear. You know that. So it's like, and then I, I read earlier, the, uh, do not be afraid of sudden fear. Proverbs 3.25, do not be afraid of sudden fear. You know, it, it's inevitable that you'll get jolted. We've got the uh, chemicals in our bodies, the cortisol. We've got the adrenaline. And it's that fight or flight thing. You know, you could be shocked or startled. But then he says, don't be afraid of sudden fear. I've noticed the news cycle is no longer objectivity. It's no longer informational. It's now uh, based, its basis is the love of money. Its basis is manipulation. Its basis is uh, propagandizing. And, and its, its basis is to spin doctor. Uh, we're, we're at probably a heightened level of the information age with so much um, uh, it, so much available to us. Now, just even in a little tiny little phone in our pocket, we can push a button. And I was told that we, uh, a little eight-year-old kid with a phone has access to more knowledge than the president of the United States had in 1980 with all the Library of Congress. Because you could just push the button. It's the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's good, there's evil. And we need to understand the delineation between the spirit of faith and the spirit of fear. We need to understand their origins. We need to understand the impact. And I don't have a whole lot of time, so I'm going to have to condense this. But Numbers chapter 13 is an Old Testament story that ties this in. Can, can you guys bear with me? On, I'm going to repeat this because it's such a story. How many of you have heard of Joshua and Caleb in the Promised Land? Who ever heard that Moses said, let my people go? You saw the movie with Charlton Heston, right? Mule Brenner. And Charlton Heston, 
I remember I was in a McDonald's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, picking somebody up at the airport, and I stopped to get a sandwich. And I was sitting there in the, in the um, re- really nice, clean, uh, you know, lobby area, and we were having, and, and there was a TV in the corner, and uh, we were, I, had, I sat down for a meal. I was alone. There was a guy about three tables over, and, uh, and it was around Easter, and, and it was repeating the 1950s uh, Cecil B. DeMille movie. And uh, he said, let my people go. And the guy was eating a Big Mac. I'll never forget it. And he went like this. <laughs> and he went and looked at me and he went, whoa. <laughs> Everybody look at somebody next to you and say, whoa. <laughs> God takes issue with bondage and he wanted his people set free. Not only that, he says, you're going to go through some things and get over through the wilderness and I'll provide for you with manna and water and a covering and, and heat. I'll take care of you through the rough times because I have a promised land for you. And uh, in, in, in Numbers chapter 13, after that scene with Yul Brenner and Char- uh, Charlton Heston, uh, they were in the wilderness and Moses in chapter 13 picked... Um, Leadership from every tribe of the 12 tribes of Israel, the patriarchs, this tribe of Simeon and Judah, Reuben, and so forth. And um, the only ones whose names we really remember are Joshua and Caleb. And Moses uh, asked him to spy out the land of Canaan in verse 17. And he said, go up there into the Negev, then go up into the hill country. Everybody say, go up. We're all hungry for prophetic insights. We're all hungry to know what the next thing will be. We all have a hunger inherent and imparted on the inside of us. Like, what should I do, Lord? I want your will. How many of you want God's will to be done in your life? Okay. So, God, show me what to do. Help me. I want to make quality decisions. I want it to bring honor to you. I want to stay true all the way to the end. Lord, I need a prophetic heads up. I saw a guy on TV say, all sports is going to be done. No more music concerts. I looked at it. I turned it off. I said, I don't think that's going to happen. Sure enough, we got March Madness right now. We got stadiums full. You know, we've got a new uh, soccer field in our town, and they're already filling back up. And uh, so you got to judge scripture with scripture, and you got to judge prophecy. I had guys on TV that I thought were cool. They started barking stuff, and they went and turned to left. When I was turning right, I thought, wait a minute. You know, telling me, and you pastors, click. Because I want to hear from the Holy Spirit. I I want to be careful. Like Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, be careful what you listen to. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you, and more will be given besides. If you steep yourself in deception and deceptive voices, it's very hard not to be deceived. If you steep yourself in a bias, it's very hard for you to be balanced. If you yield to winds of doctrine and false teaching, it's very hard for you to be able to distinguish truth from error. That's why it's so good to have the word as a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel, it says the carpenter of his architect of his season 
and God put the word in his hand to help them through their time. Well, just like in Jeremiah's day when the false prophets were babbling a bunch of stuff, it's going to be quick, it's not going to be a problem. Don't listen to those guys. It's going to be 70 years. But man, here's what you should do in Babylon. You don't rail against the authority. You don't get dismissive. You don't just uh, imbibe yourself and get numb and just ride it out. I can't wait till I, I, I go to heaven. No, you, you build and you make relationships and you have kids, you have grandkids and you birth and then you seek the welfare of the city. God's raised up a church like this to be for the welfare of the country we're planted in. God wants us to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. And you can't do that with a spirit of fear. If you read this, they went and they spied out the land. They found amazing fruit, such abundance it was unusual. They cut a, a one single cluster of grapes, and it was so gigantic, they had to carry it on a pole between two men. And they said, hey, we went to the land 40 days. We checked it out. We did the due diligence. You sent us, Moses, to go see what it's like. And Moses wasn't saying, see if we can do it. See if God's really going to give it to it. No, it wasn't coming from that at all. He was a smart leader, and he wanted everybody to be aware and be prepared, have their head up and know what was up, Right? And so they returned, and, and they brought back the word, and, and as it was in their heart, and it says that they told him, we went to the land, verse 27, and, and, and where we, you sent us, it certainly does flow with milk and honey. Now, David Moore pointed this out to me a couple of years ago. If a land is flowing with milk, that means the dairy cows are uh, calving and therefore have, uh, they're lactating. So that means that the atmosphere is the, the, the biosystem and the food chain is healthy. That's a good revelation. And that uh, with honey, I've recently been studying about uh, they're studying bee behavior and when bee, their bees are absent, they're the pollinators, it's a bad indication. And so in this case, it was rich in honey, which meant there were pollinators, which meant not only was there honey by the honey and the honeycomb, there were uh, fruit-bearing trees that were it was it was it was amazing it was abundant can i tell you the stuff god promises us it flows with milk and honey it's healthy what god's calling us to is not weird what god's calling us to is not steep with a bunch of darkness and negativity what god's calling us to he said i've come to give you abundant life i've come to answer my word i've come to watch over you i'll never leave you nor forsake you right got to get a hold of this cast your cares on the Lord right now because he cares for you. Invite him into your deal. If, you've, if you're strapped business owners and you've, you've stepped out during COVID-19 and you're trying and you're believing God and you're looking at the economics, you're thinking, God, I need some miracles. Look no further. God is the God of miracles. And yet, be warned. These great leaders came back and said, yeah, this is, it flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit. Then they turned Verse 28, nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Those are giants. So people, cities, giants. Doesn't that sound reoccurring? People are worried about people, cities, and giants right now. And he says, so, so then they said, uh, Amalek is living in the land of the Negev and the Hittites and Jebusites and Amorites. Well, God told Moses they would be there. So this is no surprise. And, and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Then 
in the middle of this unbelief and it, it, there's this this probably roar first corinthians 10 says they were grumbling and and so caleb had to quiet the people in the grumbling i sense the spirit of faith is trying to quiet us so we can get back in this posture of it does flow with milk and honey yeah there are fortified cities yeah the people are strong yeah there are giants but yet nevertheless here's what caleb said verse 30 we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. Let me read that to you again. We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. I hope this comes off the page at you like it does me right now, because this is not just a little sweet moment in history. It says in Romans 15:4, the things that were written in earlier times were written for our instruction. Uh, so that through the perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, you, I, we might have Bible hope. Hallelujah. That seals it. That's why we read these Old Testament stories about who's, who's ever heard of David and Goliath? You better. Because we're all facing our giants, aren't we? Five smooth stones in a, in a, in a heart of faith. It's like, God, I, I'm going to look to you and I know you're going to show me what to do right? It's great to have faith. Faith pleases God. He said, walk by faith and not by sight, right? That doesn't imply that we're to ignore the problems. We see the giants. See, Joshua and Caleb saw the same exact things as their comrades, the other 10. Only they saw not through the eye of fear or limitation or restriction or confinement. They saw that, hey, it's going to be exciting to see how the walls of Jericho come down. It's going to be exciting to see how we slay these giants, how we overcome. And so we have to posture ourselves and actually choose every day. What side are we going to land on? The spirit of fear, which God has not given us, or the spirit of faith, which speaks thusly. And then this is the advocacy for continually speaking God's word over your circumstances, in your prayers, God standing and boldly declaring. In, in Job, what is it, chapter 22, verse 28, he says, you shall decide, uh, King James says, you shall decree a thing and it will be established for you. You speak to your mountains you say, well, there's that. I, I heard on the radio from some guy that uh, before he went off and do another thing, when he was an expert telling me how to think, that that's, that's not right teaching. Oh, really? He used words to tell you that using words is not right thinking. Faith comes by hearing the word, and then mountains move by speaking the word. And Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and he said... We should surely go up and take possession of it. We shall by all means possess the land. Now you see the lapse then. But here's the majority report. Here's the naysayer culture that they were in. And in fact, we're in. Uh, in the next verse 31, they, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are too strong for us. Do you hear the, you hear the language of that? So they gave the sons of Israel, what is it? Say it. 
a bad report. See, people are talking about fake news, good news, bad news. They, I mean, the end of the news now, this show, look at this little meme of a puppy wagging his tail. Now, I hope you feel better now that we just told you about the Ukraine and what's going on in the food chain and what happened in the, the derailing of uh, the, the chemicals exploding all over Ohio. Look at the dog's puppy tail. And then we, walk, we go away going, why do I feel seized up? Why do my knees hurt? Why am I walking like I'm my grandpa? Because the spirit of fear is trying to get on you. And you need to say, ah, no, in Jesus' name. God has not given us a spirit of fear. In fact, let's stand up. Say it. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Listen, since we've received the same spirit of faith, we could take the example of Caleb and Joshua, and it's a good one. These things were written for our example. It's a good one. I mean, it's tried and true. I'll go back to it again. I'm unashamed. I'll preach this a hundred, I'll preach this a thousand more times. I love the truth of that because they obtained. How many of you want to see the obtaining of all the promises God has for you? Concerning your marriage, your health, your kids, your grandkids. You want them to turn out. Even when you're long gone, they'll be serving God, right? You want the church to thrive and see the revival come on the church and a harvest amongst the lost and the nations come to the Lord. Hundreds of millions of people accepted Jesus Christ in our lifetime. Let's lift up our hands and say this with me. I'm full of faith. I'm full of power because Jesus lives in me. I can't. Do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I shake off the heaviness. I come against fear. I believe. I receive. When I pray, my God is going to see me through. Turn to somebody and say, my God's going to see you through.